0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm thrilled you could join us today. If you liked our opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new, we are about um, sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people who are dealing with dementia or caregiving, And uh, we're here, we want to improve your life. We want to help people live graciously alongside this disease. You know, since we do not have a, a cure, we need to learn how to care better. And so we're really looking forward to to helping you helping you do that today. We're going to be talking about a non-pharma evidence-based intervention platform that you'll be able to tap into. But before I go there, I would like just to do a couple of shout-outs. They do have some upcoming events, some people might be interested in. So um, the Dementia Friend, the Dementia Friends of Minnetonka, Minnesota is going to be sponsoring me on Halloween. From 1 to 3, that's a Monday, October 31st, we're going to be doing a screening of the film A Timeless Love along with a talkback. Also on November 11th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we will be doing a uh, it's a virtual webinar. We're going to be discussing the topic of living with dementia, and that is sponsored by Volunteering for Seniors. And you can find um, information about these. And then we've got another one coming up uh, December 8th that it will be for the public, sponsored by Artists Senior Living. This will be perfect for the holidays. It's about family gatherings, events, and travel and how to, how to replace those difficult times with joy. You know, it's just such a special time for all of us. And, again, if you go to our website that we just updated, AlzheimerSpeaks.com, go to the free resources section. You'll be able to find information on all of our um, upcoming events. You'll also be able to tap into our radio shows, dementia chats, learn about memory cafes, um, dementia-friendly communities, poetry, arts and dimensions, so, so much more. And of course, you'll be able to connect to Dementia Map, which is our global resource directory where we have over 150 different categories that you can check out and uh, along with a events calendar that has both fee and free. Um, alternatives there we are going to hear quickly from the adaptive equipment and caregiving corner and then we're going to be
1: right back with our guest and start this show i love the footbar walker and let me tell you why it is the option for my toolbox that i've been waiting for Let's be honest, there are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the footbar walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Okay, we are back, and we are going
0: to be talking about a non-pharma platform that improves mood, mindset, and sleep. And who doesn't need that? And it works for people living with dementia. Uh, I am very, very excited to be talking today Uh, with our guest, who is Jeff uh, Spadden, who is uh, currently the founder and CEO of Composure, again, an evidence-based well-being platform that uses on-demand personalized soundscapes as a non-pharma intervention to improve, again, mood, mindset, and sleep for older adults living with dementia. Now, his background is he is a composer, a musician, he um has also been in the the television industry creating original music for HBO, NBC, ABC, um, M, uh, AMC and Mercedes Benz. So, um Jeff, welcome to the show today. I'm thrilled you can join us.
2: Thanks, Lori. I'm I'm really happy to be with you today and and get to uh speak to everybody um and i i just want to say I, I i'm a big fan of your theme song and and i love that you call out what the name of the song is and the artist <laughs> and where to get it that's really amazing
0: well you know they do such a good job and it's such an uplifting uh, excuse me my allergies are killing me here <clears throat> they do such a, a great job at lifting your spirits and you know music yeah. just has uh has that ability with us. And we kind of take it for granted, I think, a lot. So I'm looking forward to kind of diving into composure and what all that's about. But before we um, start on that path, I always like to ask everybody if they have been personally touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends.
2: Yeah. Um, actually sort of in two cases, um, on my family side, uh, my grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother, uh, actually had dementia in her her final few years. Um, and, you know, sort of the, the big unfortunate part of that was she, she lived in a pretty rural part of Texas and it was during a time that my wife and I were starting our family and I wasn't even able to get down there to, to visit with her. Um, but, um, you know she she definitely experienced that and then my wa- my father-in-law my wife's uh dad um developed parkinsons and with later uh, uh also uh developed dementia um so yeah i've i've i'm well aware and, and familiar and you know um i think additionally i just want to say as we've been talking about composure and 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 all the things that we'll talk about in a minute um I would say clearly 80, 85% of everyone I speak to has a direct contact with this.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> the numbers are really high, really, yes. really high. I know I can speak to a crowd of like a 1,000 people and have them all stand up and I ask six questions. And at the end, there might be five or six people standing that haven't been touched. And I mean, that's right. a really minute amount um, but it's a conversation we don't have very often, so we don't really know. Um, but it's right. one that we need to have much more. So thank you for for sharing your experience um, with us on that. Well, let's talk first about you know what led you here, getting into kind of music for healthcare. You know, as a as a whole, when you've had a career involved in com- composing music for films and and all that stuff, what what pulled you into healthcare?
2: Well, um, there's there's a couple things, um, and and kind of the one uh, surprising thing I've noticed as I've gotten more and more involved in healthcare um, is how fundamentally it's kind of the same job. Uh, whether I'm writing music for the stage or for film, TV, advertising, healthcare, there uh, each each use case has its own specific requirements. Uh, and needs and challenges, but fundamentally, what I mean by it being the same is that music is far more than just entertainment um, it's communication it's it 's a way of connecting with people it's a it 's a very powerful tool for our uh, our moods and our mindsets and our our general outlook and you know this is something that I guess going back to the genesis of the question, what led me here? Um, you know, even reaching further back in my career when I was a performing musician, I used to play trumpet in uh different jazz and pop bands and so forth and the 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 sort of instant reaction people have to music is not Psychosis—it's not some crazy sort of off-the-wall thing. It is a—it's an instinctual part of what it means to be human. Hearing music and sound, um, we we feel it in a very visceral way. And that, you know, uh, throughout my career, I've been deeply fascinated with what is going on there. Why? What is the physical reaction? What is the neurological reaction? What are the psychiatric, you know, or or psychological reactions? And and why is this all interconnected? So. To me, this just felt like a natural progression, um, you know. As as I went from writing music to film, and and now sort of uh, looking at how we can deliver, you know, soundscapes and sounds that have healthy outcomes uh, and do it at scale for people.
0: Okay, well, and we're seeing so much more research being done on this, which is about time. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think music is one of those subtle components in our life that we just really don't always pay as much attention to the effects that it has on us. Um, yet we we know we like it as background. We know it can change our mood. It can make us laugh. It can make us cry. It can make us feel sentimental on all different types of level and pull us, pull us back into time. Um, you know, we'll perk our energy up, slow us down. Uh, but again, we don't yeah. really we we really aren't conscious about all those things at play. But we, I think, a lot of times know how to tap into those things. I do want to mention to our audience that we are live today, and so you can call in with your questions. And I see we do have a caller um, right now. But that number is three two three eight seven zero four three two three. Eight seven zero four six zero two. I want to um, ask Jeff one more question, and then I'll get to our caller. And that is, you know, what are some of the biggest changes in music and in audio as a whole compared to ten years ago that you're seeing?
2: Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. I, I, I sort of mentioned before that um, music is a, a tool for mood and mindset and these kinds of issues, and I think it's something that, you know, we, uh, as you were alluding to, we kind of, um, we use these things instinctually. Um, And that's actually kind of what we're noticing is a big shift, I think, for Many many years um, throughout the 20th century, with all its progressions in you know recording music, distributing music, and so forth, I think we're seeing sort of a resurgence of music and sound as being a mo- playing more of a functional role in our lives. Um, so you know, as you say, something that you know if you need help focusing, then put on some music. If you're feeling stressed and want to calm down, you can put on some music or, or listen to some nature sounds. Perhaps um, everybody has things that work for them. Um, and you know, there's a couple, so, so another couple of trends that we're sort of noticing are influencing, um, the role music and audio have in our lives is, you know, even going back to healthcare for a second, I mean, we're seeing in a moment, we're in a moment in time when healthcare is is starting to embrace this idea of holistic approaches that what is good for the mind is also good for the body and vice versa, and you know music is one of these modalities where it is, you know something we listen to we can listen to it passively and it has a, uh, an impact on how we feel. We can also be participating in music and that encourages body movement and all kinds of um, physical activation, you know dancing and so forth. Um, and, and so that's a kind of a seismic shift. Um, and I'll say that some of this has given way because, you know, the digital revolution and the Internet has greatly democratized the creative experience. So, you know, m- new music is coming out on a nearly per second basis in the world somewhere. And if somebody produces and creates a new piece of music, they can put it on the Internet and it goes out to millions Instantly, um, that is a moment we're living in a moment of time where that that special kind of democratization means that there we might need to find new ways to use and 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 you know you know have purpose and intention for the music that we use because it is so ubiquitous now. Um, and lastly, kind of on on the big seismic shift. Um, side of things, what I'm noticing is um, there's a generation, um, you know, coming up now in in great numbers, often referred to as the baby boomer population, that are really the first big generation to demand personalized experiences, things that work for them as an individual, not, you know... um, you know, uh, not not as a group. And um, these personalized experiences mean that, you know, some music, especially if we're using it functionally in our lives, needs to fit you as a person. And that goes, we believe, at Composure, it goes beyond just finding your favorite artists and playing songs that you recognize.
0: Yeah, you know, I, one of the things that, that hit me even when I was asking that question was, How much more mobile you know music is how much more easily accessible i mean i grew up with you know eight tracks and and um records Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of people don't even know what those things are and so (laughs) you had you had to like gather and be in a place to listen or you Uh had to hop in your car but it was limited to a few channels and you know if you got out of range you know so sorry you (laughs) didn't have you didn't have any music and now it's really it's it's in our purse it's it's really in, in our wallet you know on our phone um, it goes pretty much wherever we go and like you said it's this immediacy and it's cost effective and um, it's it's just it allows there's such a, a more expansive ability to grab a variety of things and just learn you know what do you like you know because before I mean we had we had Certain segments of music, you know, rock and roll, and this and that, and in different genres, and even the genres have, I, in my eyes, and I'm no um, professional in this, but they seem to be widening and expanding and yeah. um, overlapping, and and uh, which is is fascinating. And then there's different ways to be able to access it from. You know, the, the name of the song from, um, you know, who put it together to, you know, is it video? Is it audio? Is it, I mean, there's just, there's so many different pieces to it. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and, um, so I think that being mobile, being accessible has gotten us more aware of music. But again, I still think pretty uneducated as to what it's really doing for us on the whole.
2: it's also it it can be quite overwhelming too because mm-hmm. you have literally a world of choices um yep. and i think you know going back to this sort of uh role of music and sound being more functional in our lives to 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 you know whether we're doing it consciously or subconsciously we're applying sounds we hear um to scenarios to uh you know for a goal in mind like calming down or feeling pumped up or you know these kinds of things i mean how many times you know if you see somebody working out at a gym or going for a jog, they've got headphones in their ears you know because mm-hmm. that's that's part of the experience and i just think that um the more we can do at you know we being composure as one example the more we can do to be um, very specific about the function we want to provide for people um, I think the better, and it, it becomes uh, less overwhelming you know, when, when you have a clear goal in mind.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And like you said that overwhelming. We seem to as a society we you know, we start small then we go big and then we pull back and go okay, that's too much. <laughs> and and right. so we're really we're really back into that personalized segment with the te- that I want to dive into. But I do want to get to this caller here and just see. Sometimes people call in and this is just their mode to listen. Um others sure. are listening, you know, via the internet. But I've got a caller and I'm going to uh put you live on the air from a 2223 number. You are live and on the air if you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell us why you're calling in.
1: 2223
2: number? You do. I do.
0: (laughs) And who do you think it is?
2: I believe that's my mom trying to call in. Um, She may be uh, (laughs) listening in in through that mode.
0: Oh, okay. Mom, do you want to say is if this is you? Do you want to say anything, or do you prefer just to be silent and a mouse in the corner there and, and listen in? Okay, we, it sounds like she wants to be a mouse and just listen in, and that's okay. That's uh perfectly Perfect. okay. fine so well, well let's, Hi, get in, <laughs> let's get let's <laughs> get into talking about uh composure and and you know what kind of platform is it, and how does it work? Oh my gosh, I scared her off. She hung up
2: <laughs> I <feel> bad no. <laughs> so perfectly fine, perfectly fine yeah um yeah I, so composure is uh you know it's currently a web based app. Um mm-hmm. Which means that we can be accessed through a smartphone, a tablet. uh we're even used on some folks uh smart TVs because the the modern TVs now with internet access have a built in web browser so you can access straight from there as well um, and you know the way this works is uh on the on the back end sort of you know uh underneath the hood as they say uh we've created our own custom library of sounds um taking a a really modular approach to the construction and delivery of our soundscapes and it keeps us sort of flexible and nimble um because you know Using our, our, our software, the the what you see on the front end on your on your smartphone or tablet, um, we we basically do a few quick things a, at the beginning of each session. We 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 ask you you know about how you're currently feeling, so how how sad or how happy you are, how tired or alert you are, um, maybe you know what your your physical comfort level is, um, and from there we we like to assess. How you'd rather be feeling, so we now know we got a, a snapshot of how your current state is, and we'd like to ask what your goal is, and 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 then a fixed length of time, like you know, ten, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, um, to spend with the the app, and and what this does is it acts as sort of like ingredients to inform our um, our platform how to deliver soundscapes that meet you where you are currently. And take you on a sonic journey, we call it, uh, this general gentle ride uh, through sound and music to get you where you want to be. What is your ultimate goal? Do you want to feel calm? Do you want to feel focused, uh, more focused? Do you want to feel uplifted? Um, and you know, this, this speaks to that sort of personalized experience uh, uh, thing that we were mentioning before is we'd like to be able to deliver a soundscape that feels – and act like it's built for you in that moment at that time and get you where you want to go.
0: Okay. Well, and that's nice because sometimes we don't, uh, well, maybe I'm speaking online. Do you find that sometimes people don't really know where they're at in terms of mood? There
2: there is that. Um, There is that. And, and you know, what I kind of like to say is there are no wrong answers here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, ultimately our goal is, you know, and and it's something we can talk a little bit more about later. But you know, I think it's important for people to, to have their feelings and their current state feel sort of validated and responded to. You know, one of the things that goes wrong, in my opinion, about other you know platforms or audio streaming services or even searching up things on YouTube that are labeled calm music or you know, uh, things to study by, or you know, these kinds of things. But what kind of goes wrong there is it's a, it's treating it like a panacea. It's saying you know, here's instantly some calm music you can listen to. But maybe at the moment you start this, you're not feeling very calm. So there's a bit of a, a disconnect there, you know. And you have to. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to settle into what you're listening to and have it take effect. We try and validate sort of how you're feeling currently so that we can, we address that. And, you know, if you're feeling extremely sad and maybe very tired, uh, you know, maybe experiencing some physical discomfort, let's say, we try and start every sonic journey with those things in mind and actually kind of meet you where you are, as I say. So it is a it is a challenge for some folks to to be able to identify, but we, we've we done this in the um, as simple of form factor as we can, where you know you can select from a, a range of you know uh, smiley faces. I don't know if you have ever seen in these public spaces. How did you enjoy your experience? And you can click the you know the frowny face or the neutral face or a smiley face. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is this is the type of uh, interface that we have. Um, so it's it's highly relatable.
0: Well, you know, I liked when you mentioned about really bringing people on this journey and, and validating where they are. That's really kind of what, what um, music therapists do. They say that all the time that, you know, w- somebody might be depressed. We well, can't just, you know, flick a switch and say, okay, now you're going to be happy. You know, you're going to hear the wow. first beats of the song and, and your life's going to change and your mood's going to change. You know, that's not how it works. So I hear them say all the time that we we start where they're at and we we gradually change the tone and right. and work with them. And I, I think, again, I think that's something that a lot of us don't really understand. We'll just say, no, I don't want to listen to that right now. <laughs> so, but we don't really yeah. know why. We don't want to listen to that right now because it's, yeah. it's not congruent with, with where we're at. And we, we need something to, to make sense to us. Um, And so what a subtle way of validating um, emotions. And I think the other thing is, you know, people are ashamed a lot of times of emotions, if they're depressed, if they're angry, we all have this wide range of emotions you know, uh, there I don't think there's a person on earth that doesn't, unless they are really heavily medicated. and <laughs> just streamlined, but sure. that's not that's not the norm, and it's probably not the healthiest either. Um, but we have you to know, learn techniques to to support us um, on these things. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: You know, absolutely. No, I, you just triggered another thought for me, which is, you know, in, at Composure we talk a lot about well being, um, mm-hmm. and that that term feels Kind of broad at times, and you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about what that really means. And to me, you know, yes, our mood and our outlook and our mindset have a a great impact on how uh, on our health and how we feel. Um, But it's not to say that we have to, you know, stay happy and upbeat all the time, right? Mm -hmm. That's unrealistic. To me, maintaining a sense of well-being is how often and for how long you can experience comfort and peace um, you know despite circumstances you know this is sort of a, a hallmark of, of what it means to to maintain well-being in my in my mind and you know even in your your show intro it go, it talks about going from crisis to comfort and i thought that was just so beautiful because that that you know it's, at, as we all, as humans on this planet, experience crisis uh, uh, from time to time, we want to, you know, find things that work for us to 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 regain our sense of well-being, um, you know, and and particularly those living with dem- dementia, um, you know, are, are in need of of tools and techniques and 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 options to to experience that transformation, and so you know. When we listen to music and sound, it's, it's funny. There's actually um, some additional research in this field, not specific to dementia per se, but um, just to the human condition that you know, some people say, oh, you're feeling very sad? Well, we, here's some really upbeat, happy music to listen to. Well, no. Actually, the research proves that if you're feeling sad and you put on sad-sounding music, then you actually end up feeling better anyway at the end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's only one sort of emotional category which that doesn't totally work out for for people, which is when you're feeling angry and you listen to angry music. That the the, the evidence suggests that prolonged exposure to angry sounding music or, or really sort of you know aggressive music um, that that it doesn't actually help shift the mood; it just reinforces it. Um, but in a, in a lot of other sort of mood states and conditions, um, it it is often the time that you can listen to something that matches and validates your feeling like we've been talking, and, and that alone helps uh, improve your outlook.
0: Well, and I think with other
2: emotions, um, there's so
0: many different things I want to say. You know, when you said about the anger, it, it elevates us, it lets us stay in that place, but it doesn't give us an out. But if we're sad or depressed, a lot of times, I mean, I know I'll just start crying, and but yeah. then that's a release. You know, it lets, right. me, it lets me feel and it lets me release what it is I'm that's holding. Right. Where where the anger, you know, you, you might not tell you punch somebody and that's going to get you in trouble, <laughs> <laughs> you that's know. Right. Um, right. And when you talked about, you know, this is great for people with dementia, I really want to expand this. And I think this is a really important point, too, because I'm a firm believer what is good for dementia is good for the world. And. A lot of times we focus on someone who is ill and we're going to do this for them, but when they are calmer, when they are more peaceful, when they, you know, are having a better sense of quality of life and well-being, so do we who are caring for them or are just in a surrounding room with them. You know, we have a ripple effect between all of us. And it's massively huge. And, again, a subtle thing that we don't always pick up on, um, but it is profound. And, you know, there's movies um, that are out there in in films that kind of show, uh, you know, this awakening where somebody can be disconnected and then all of a sudden they kind of come alive, like um, alive inside is, is a perfect example. And everybody's mood in the room changes because they notice that Henry has come alive, and right. and they feel that. And so, right. uh, again, you know, sometimes as care partners, professional and or personal, you know, this is good for us, too. Staff are under a lot of duress. You know, they're understaffed, overworked. Um, we need to leverage these tools to help everybody kind of stay calm, find that peacefulness, and be able to share a a joyful, peaceful moment. You know, whatever that looks like, it it, it makes a huge difference in our our interactions, in our beliefs of do we have value in our job and what we're doing Um, as a person. You know, we we have that interconnectedness. Um, that I think, again, is overlooked uh, so many times. So
2: to you're be able so to right.
0: personalize this is, is so important. Um, go, go ahead, Jeff.
2: Yeah, you're so right, and, and you really do cover – you've covered a lot of things that we spend a lot of time thinking about at Composure, um, you know, in terms of n- – how we sort of distinguish our offering and our approach from some other things that are out there. Um, You know, we look at trying to foster presence and connection, whether that connection is with another person that's with you or it's a connection back to yourself um, and, and to your surroundings and your environment. I mean, you know, you mentioned right off the top of the show about how we sort of take music and sound for granted, uh, and what it does for us. You know, we're, we're pretty much bombarded all day long with environmental stimulus of all kinds. And sound is a big part of that, that we don't necessarily know that we're, we're affected by, but you know, it, it, it's true. You know, we, we talked, there's a, um, an architect who, who, um, uh, and a, and a acoustician, uh, professional that, that uses this phrase, the tyranny of the eyes, <laughs> which means we're so biased about what we see and, and influenced by what we see that we take our ears completely for granted. And if you were to experience your environment with your eyes closed, you'd be amazed at the, at the detail, Um, the the granularity, the sort of specificity of of the the world around you just by what you hear. And the reason I mention all this is because um, I think it's it's important in this sort of busy day and age when we are surrounded by so much stimulus to find something that we can introduce to our environment uh, for our benefit. You know mm-hmm. um and I, and I know you cover this a lot in various ways with the 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 various guests that you have on and and sort of the new ways of looking at things, but you know I, I also say that this is I, I talk a lot about the human condition or this is what humans experience. I just think that the as you say, if we can solve for dementia, we're solving for the world, and music and sound in particular are a very sort of humanistic art form and, um, and, and actually, like I said before, a, a tool that we can use. So we sort of look at composure and our soundscapes as a, a very effective uh, but very purposely background stimulus. So as you were saying the scenario before about a caregiver and, and a care recipient, uh, sharing a moment together you wouldn't want to put on, I mean, unless you want to dance around the room and so forth. That's great. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to have a meaningful connection with that person, you could include our sounds in the background to sort of have that shared experience. Um, you know, I often think about uh, back in my 20s when I was doing yoga on a more regular basis. I, I don't really do it anymore. Um, mm-hmm the best yoga teachers I had all put on music before anyone even entered the classroom. And the reason for that was because we're all coming from our busy lives, our distractions, our, our thoughts and plans and all that. And then you enter this space that has this uh, very particular sounding music. um, And all of a sudden we're, we go from 20 disparate, separate siloed people to one unit. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's the best environment to, you know, a best way to kind of collectively get people, um, you know, experiencing the same thing and, and, and feeling more connected. Um, so it's not uh, – it doesn't mean you all have to clap to the beat together. It does, you don't have to sing along together. It's just the experience – experiencing the same stimulus like that, um, you know, really does wonders.
0: Well, and the other thing it can do is really set up a routine – you know it's mm-hmm. it can set up i mean if you do this in a patterned way, and let's say you're gonna play a certain music before before dinner, maybe somebody doesn't really yeah. like to eat a whole lot, and you know music, but yep. people might not believe it, but music can you know up up your appetite or decrease it just like it can help you sleep or it can you know um help help That's wake right. you up um you know energy levels all of you know flipping the moods, all of those types of things so you know, by using this stuff, you can set up patterns so that right. someone gets used to, oh, hearing that, I, I bet we're going to eat, even though that might not go through their mind, especially with someone with dementia. As the data kind of falls away, they, you know, describe their mind sometimes like Swiss cheese, the feeling, mm-hmm. you know, the cheese itself still exists of, of what's That's about right. to come. And and that to me is is really really um, important in and of itself. Um, I, I'm glad you kind of talked about the the differences um, in in your music compared to to others. There was there anything else that you wanted to add to that piece at all?
2: No, I you know I I, I think that um, we we have such enormous respect for music therapists. Uh, we're very careful not to say that we're. Music therapy. This is not what we're. This is not the territory we, in which we exist. We're a wholly mm-hmm. separate thing. I mean, you know, the 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 work that music therapists do. do I mean, they're true healers in, in you know in in the purest of forms. Um, and we have such respect for what they do. Um, I think the the act of engaging in musical performance or sing along or or even just having someone with you um, as they are performing music. It, 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 there's some some really deep therapeutic benefits to that that's clear through evidence, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We we sort of look at what we do as, again, being this, you know, I, I kind of, it's tongue-in-cheek, but we're sort of the best-sounding music that you're not supposed to pay attention to. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're, we're meant for the background. We're meant to sort of help bring you into more, a more present State of mind and help sh- you know very quickly. I mean, we've seen in less than five minutes, we've seen folks kind of turn themselves around uh, mm-hmm. with, with just by listening. Um, so, so those are some of the main differences. We really focus on presence and connection, whereas you know, let's say um, some other programs that that lean on music and sound might be connecting with their past and looking at reminiscence and the power that that holds is amazing, enormous uh, evidence around that as well. It's just a different type of, um, you know, modality, I guess you could say. Um, and and all of these things can be used interchangeably and com- complementary to one another. Um, well, I, I, I will say that, you know, we so far as a company have been – Working directly with uh, senior living communities um, within their skilled nursing environments and, and memory support environments, and the other benefit, sort of, that that we have been looking at and investigating is, you know, a lot of these care environments, um, the the care staff are, you know, generally overworked. Uh, they're 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 stretched really thin, um, and they're not really able to. Tap into how each individual resident's um, you know mood state is, and and how that might be shifting over time. Um, and one thing that we can do is look at how the platform is, how our platform has been used, you know, and how how you know feelings and current states have been reported, um, and and be able to look at that over time, and and see if that's a, a help to, you know. Is there something going on? Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, um, Helen has been experiencing a, a, a decline in her mood over the past couple of weeks. Well, that that's a great thing to go chat about with Helen. You know, ask her what's what's going on and, and see if that can't, you know, stem the tide of some, you know, bigger, maybe unwanted behavioral outcome that, that might be mm-hmm. coming, right? So we, we take a look at um, – you know, not as a diagnostic tool, but as a as a way to kind of help um, help people keep track of, of you know uh, well-being factors, right? The non all the non-clinical stuff that, that uh, you know CNAs and and, and and RNs and so forth are, are trained to look for. Um, this this covers the territory they may not be uh, able to gather uh, by other means.
0: Now, you had mentioned, um, you know, that you work with uh, care communities and I would imagine uh, <clears throat> senior living and, and maybe even home health care and hospice and things like that. Can families
2: access composure as well as individuals? Yeah, actually, um, so, so we aren't currently set up to do that, but I will uh, just caveat that by saying we have some future plans uh, coming up. Uh, where we would like to work more directly with um, with people living with dementia and their families and loved ones and and, and care providers uh, at home. Um, so can't say too much about that program. It's still in its nascent stage, but we're we're developing a program in which we can we can develop our platforms further through the direct collaboration and help from from those folks.
0: Okay. Wonderful. Well, what's next yeah. for you guys? Other than that, do you have anything else in the frying pan that you're working on?
2: Yeah. Um, so we're really uh, very interested in the topic of sleep. Um, it, it was mentioned earlier before, um, and I'm excited to to actually say we're the very next uh, engagement we have is uh, I'll be co-presenting a session at the Leading Age Annual Meeting and Expo. Uh, which is hosted in Denver, uh, and our session is on o- October 17th. If any listeners are planning to attend, Leading Age, will please come by and say hello. Um, and I- I'm co-presenting, um, like I said, with um, with a uh, gerontological researcher uh, that we worked with. Her name is Addie Aboushoe, and a director of memory support uh, at a community site that we uh, have been fortunate to partner with up speak about that in a, a little bit more in a second um, and and it, the the session itself is really sort of broadly talking about how music and sound can be used with purpose and intention uh, within senior living environments um, to, to as you pointed out before benefit everyone not just mm-hmm. a resident not just a staff member but everyone um, and so as I mentioned sleep before A big portion of this session is also dedicated to uh, sharing some research we did last summer, so summer before last, I'm now realizing we're nearly in fall here. Um, The uh, research we did uh, was in conjunction with the Center for Health Design um, and was conducted in a newly built memory support building uh, called Meadowview, which is part of the garden spot communities in Pennsylvania. Um, and we've been so lucky to partner with them. They've been incredibly supportive uh, of all our work. Um, and, and this study was uh, sort of a first-of-its-kind uh, study to investigate whether or not curated sounds could be applied uh, in a memory support environment to improve quality of sleep, specifically for, for folks living with dementia, and if we were successful in doing that what were the behavioral outcomes uh throughout a 24 hour day cycle um and i'll just say i mean the the study is uh under peer review right now for a for a publication um so i can't give away too much of the farm here but um but you know we were really pleasantly uh surprised by the results we got um there was uh, a, a huge improvement in quality of sleep, and and we were also kind of taken back at how many different sort of behavioral outcomes also improved um, by by just changing that one part of a of, of a person's uh, 24-hour cycle, the sleep part. So I'm really encouraged by that. We're we're looking at how we can uh, expand on our study uh, and and investigate that further through direct work with, you know, individuals with dementia and their families, also with more care communities and, um, you know, and and looking forward to the study coming out hopefully before the end of the year this year. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, and that's such an important thing. And, again, another thing that's overlooked is people like sleep. Everyone's so focused on what's going on during the day. But boy, I mean we all act differently if we don't get a full night's sleep. You know, we are groggy, right. we're just connected, we can get cranky. I mean, there's there's so many wonderful moods that can pop out of that, you know, <laughs> by, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, if if that is repeated over and over, I mean, I just think of, you know, when I was pregnant with my daughter and I was up every 2 hours, um, you know, for 9 months. I mean, you you don't it changes how the world looks yeah. to you and how you behave you know you're just yeah. you're tired you're and and we also know that you know when we sleep that's kind of when our brain helps you know heal the mind and the body as well so lots of big things plus you know it can reduce staff stressors in terms of you know trying to Keep an eye out for people who are maybe wandering into other people's rooms. It can cause a lot of problem. Or, um, you know, sometimes they can steal stuff. Sometimes they're just up, you know, in the community room making noise and waking other people up. I mean, the ripple effect is is huge, and um, it is and it,
2: yeah.
0: And again, can have a big effect on on staff and what they're able to do within their within their job. As well, and um, you know how they're trying to maintain because usually shifts are are lessened during that sleep time. You know, there's the the ratio right. typically isn't quite as high, but you know if you've got a lot of people that are up roaming around, it makes a big big difference. Um, <laughs> and Absolutely, what, and you know I'll, I'll
2: also I'll also say that there's a, a growing body of ed- evidence that uh, connects um, sleep well. Poor quality of sleep and uh, degrees of sleep deprivation to development of dementia and furthering the decline. If you are already diagnosed with dementia, mm-hmm.
0: so there's
2: you know as you said, being able to get a good night's sleep is what helps repair the mind and body. That's a hundred percent true. Um, and what they're what they're showing, uh, what they're seeing now is that there's a, a link between lack of sleep and in your fifties forties fifties and and early sixties um, to higher likelihood of of developing dementia later on in life and the for those that already uh, are experiencing dementia um, the the lack of sleep and the sort of disrupted sleep that comes along with you know just natural aging but also with you know diagnoses and polypharma and all these other complications. Um, it, it goes a long way to accelerating the disease. Um, potentially, you know, uh, getting a good night's sleep. There's some. There's some suggestions. I won't say evidence just yes yet, but there's some suggestions that you could actually slow the progression. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it's sleep is an incredibly important factor, no matter how old you are. Um, and there's more and more sort of investigations in just how far-reaching. Um, you know a good night's sleep can be um, I'm investigating it myself personally <laughs> uh, yep. You know, you uh, know As a friend of mine says, you know the 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 way to st- have a great day is it starts with a great night's sleep
0: Yeah, well, and I'm you know, I'm 63. I have a lot of friends now that are nappers You know and say uh-huh. I and and they don't push that away. They listen to their body I think cuz so many of us Used to, I mean, just go, 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 and I know for myself, yeah. I would, I would push and push and push, and then I'd get sick and I'd be down for a week or two. You know, my body right. would just go enough, Lori. You're not paying attention, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I, I would like to say I'm a little wiser with that, and I don't feel embarrassed about that. Um, and there's right. some people that are really good and just say, you know what, I need nine hours sleep, and other people say I just need five. But like you said, there's more studies coming out all the time on the importance of that. And, um, you know, our life is just so fast-paced, it's ridiculous. And and I do think that we need to slow down and and take care of ourselves and and really pay attention to little things like sleep aren't little things. Um, Yeah, but
2: but we put them in that category. Yeah, absolutely. I just read something yesterday this uh, somebody suggesting, you know, taking care of yourself is being productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a lesson no matter if you're experiencing dementia or if you're, you know, caring uh, for someone. I mean, you you got to, you know, it's that putting the uh, oxygen mask on yourself first. Um, you know, analogy for when you're flying. Um you know, that, that that really is deeply helpful and meaningful and and not always uh, practiced, right?
0: Yep. Well, it's not discussed. I mean, even in school, we should be teaching kids, and they are now, you know, teaching them to meditate, to calm down and, and do different things. But, you know, when I grew up, I mean... It, the girls just kind of took care of the family and the guys did the, the physical stuff. And, and, she uh, knows. so it took me a long time to learn boundaries of what is healthy caring and and what is being used. right? <laughs> you know? And so, oh, yeah. um, there, there's a, there's a lot of those fine lines that we just need to be much more honest about. I do want to make sure that we give our audience, um, you know, information on how they can contact you. So they can go to your website, which is yep. Composure, uh, let's see, care, And so it's right. not a dot .com, it's a dot .care. And then they could <laughs> email you at jeff at care. You are also, uh, you know, have a personal page on LinkedIn. The company has a, a company name on LinkedIn, Composure-Inc. Um, you are also on Facebook and Twitter as Composure Inc. as well. Uh, well, I just really appreciate, A, what all you're doing, and, two that you took the time to to share this with us today. This is important stuff. Um, one thing we, we didn't talk about that some people listening might be wondering is, can you talk about cost to this, or does it really depend on how it's packaged, especially when you're talking with communities and things?
2: Yeah, we're we're you know still a fairly young company and we're we're our pricing strategies are sort of in flux at the moment so can't really speak specifics but yeah you, you know you said it pretty well it it, it kind of depends on how it gets packaged and who it's for um I will just say that if anyone out there listening is interested in uh, what I was hinting at before about a, a program, a co-development program, and getting involved with your own sort of personal feedback and so forth, definitely reach out to me, jeff at composure.care, um, and we'd love to, to, to have you on board for that um, as, as we develop the program.
0: Fantastic. Well, again, I really appreciate uh, your information here and your diligence at pulling something together that, you know, we really haven't seen before. I, I think it's interesting all these uh, fun, creative um, pieces that are coming together and we have to keep our environment open to new ways of thinking. I think that that is really Absolutely. critical, um, especially for for health Um, for us all to be healthy and, you know, the, the way healthcare is looking, I mean, you know, the, the staffing situation is, is probably going to remain this way for a while. Families are going to be taking more on themselves. So we need as many tools, uh, to help improve the situation, uh, you know, regarding dementia and just, you know, like I said, care for everyone because this really does have a nice ripple effect in my, in my mind. Um, yeah. And, and can Absolutely. make a big difference. So thank Absolutely. you again, Jeff. Um, appreciate you you being with us. Uh, to our yep. audience, I hope that you like, click, and share this episode with people. And, um, Jeff, I'd also love to invite you to join Dementia Map, our global resource directory. Uh, just another way to, to nudge what you're doing in front of a, a real specific audience there. And uh, for our Absolutely. audience members... Uh, Feel free to check out Dementia Map and Alzheimer Speaks with our free educational resources. We will talk soon, everyone. Bye now.
2: Bye. Thank you, Lori. It was a pleasure.